Hi humans, welcome to our podcast, Deconstruct. My name is Lauren. And I'm Adam. On this podcast, we want to help start or continue conversations about the beautiful and messy parts of life. Although we both had a conservative upbringing, we've since grown out of a lot of our traditional ways of thinking. We're learning to deconstruct the religious lenses we once saw the world through, breaking down topics like purity culture, racism, and the patriarchy, while demystifying things like feminism, equality, and love. Stepping away from our evangelical church background, all the while leaning into God and moving forward in our faith. We'd love to hear your story. You can find us on Instagram at deconstruct.pod. Now, onto the episode. Brilliant. We're great. Good. We are doing so Good. well. It's a nice Good. little rainy morning in Nashville here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's we had tornado warnings all night, but I was just so excited because my new house has this window right by my bed and yeah. with pebbles that kind of catch the dripping rain and it was the most peaceful <sighs> thing in uh, the world. I <laughs> love that. You know, actually, whenever you messaged me saying that you had just moved, we also just moved. Um, ah. So we're just on the same trajectory. <laughs> yes. No, it feels so good to move into a new place. Like the fresh energy, like you get to decide how you feel it, like yes. with love or with whatever. And yes. It's, oh, Did you so sage the space? You know? Okay. So I've been telling a lot of people that I normally do, but I walked in and the vibes were like so, so good. good. <laughs> You're like, You're like whatever like spirits like are in here can stay. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have a fellow podcaster on the episode, Sophia Spellino, the host of the Enlightened Podcast. And she shares practical, relatable, and raw conversations that inspire personal growth. And her goal is to cultivate a safe space for all to bravely shed light on real life struggles, much like here on our podcast. And she honestly asks the hard questions and she actively chooses self-growth. Um, and she's had a similar deconstruction to us, but a few things that are unique to Sophia is for one, she's coined the hashtag half hippie, half Gucci, which is adorable. And I wish I had coined that. Um, <laughs> and she's in a loving relationship, um, with someone with a very big age gap, 25 years. So we'll definitely be hearing about that. Uh, we love love here on this uh, podcast. So we're excited to hear about that. Sophia, welcome to the podcast. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Lauren and Adam, for having me. I'm so honored. I love listening to your show. So Aww. I'm excited to be on it. Yes. Yay. So we're we're like mutual fan fangirl yes. clubs. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. So, Sophia, uh, before we kind of get into it, I kind of said what you do. Um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your podcast, why you started your podcast and became an influencer? Sure. So when I was five years old, I got a harp. Since I could talk, my parents said that I would ask for a harp for Christmas. And that's what I always wanted. And I never would get it because um, harps are kind of <laughs> rare to come by, yeah. especially, you know, in the South. If you live in a big city, there's harp stores, but they're really expensive. But by the time I was five, my mom found one in an antique shop. And ever since that day, I started playing. And um I guess I've gone through stages where I've given it up. I've studied music in school. I switched to fashion, but I always knew that God wanted me to use my music to better the world, not just for 
me as a profession. So I kind of just gave it up as a profession, let it go for a few years. And when I finally, I went through so many valleys in the past few years, but when I got into this new loving relationship, this man in my dreams kept encouraging Mm -hmm. me. He was like, you have so much to share. Mm -hmm. Cause I started influencing. I had an online jewelry shop and it just wasn't, people were really connecting with me, but the sales weren't there. And I was like, what if I just became an influencer? Like people are interested in me sharing about my day because it's always so encouraging. Mm -hmm. I was getting really Mm -hmm. into like some hippie dippy. I sold like crystals and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. People were interested in it. So I was like, let me just go with that. And so I, I started on that path. I grew, you know, to where I am today within a year. Cause I worked really hard, but the boyfriend was like, you know, God's given you this gift of writing, but you're really good with speaking life over people. How about you just start a podcast? And then I felt God say, well, include your music and your podcast. So I, yeah chopped off my fingernails, which was a <laughs> sacrifice for me because I had, I, there's so many, so much that goes into it, but I went through a really rough time, Yeah, got a divorce. We can talk more about that later, but my, I guess, femininity and power when I wasn't depending on God was me feeling very feminine and powerful. Like I could do this on my own. And that symbol became my fingernails, which is so silly. Mm. But I, I I felt very like sexy again because my ex-husband made me feel so undesired. Yeah. And um, my nails became like, in a way, like a little idol for me, like, Oh my gosh, like I have the power. Like I can get any guy I want now I'm free, blah, blah, blah. But then it was like, God being like, hey, rededicate your purpose to me and to helping the world and to sharing love through your music and to play the harp. You have to have stubs as fingernails. Yeah. (laughs) So I chopped them off. I started playing. And now my shows evolve so much. I have conversations like you guys have, just whether it's about deconstruction or just about growing with self-development. And then every now and then I throw in a meditation with some harp music. So that's the synopsis of my life. (laughs) I love that. I mean, so going back to even the, the nail thing and something being like kind of a, a representation of like what Mm. you come from and how you've like, you've been, yeah, uh, you've you've gotten through it, and I mean, I understand. Um, I'm sure there's been things like that for me too, where I, it's just, it's really emotional. It's like little, yeah, physical things like that can be so emotional because you have like so many spiritual things tied to stuff, and yeah, yes. I, mean, I totally understand. And I, I personally love the harp. The first time I ever, um, was introduced to the harp was. <laughs> Um, actually on Adam doesn't even know this was on a Teletubbies, uh, <gasps> episode. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I've never seen that one. They, it, it was great. And since that moment, I've always been so like entranced by the harp. Um, mm. yeah, it was just one of those episodes where they like would scroll, they would like zoom into like the Teletubbies belly and it would be like a screen and it would, oh like, bring them to another world of like different musicians and um that's cute yeah and then showed a harp and I was like <laughs> what is that so I it's, it's yes. just very exciting for me it's very magical it brings me back to my childhood and <laughs> I love it well that's that's the thing I can't think back to a tv show or even like hearing about the harp in a Bible, I just remember mm. like asking for it, like out of nowhere. So I know it's my purpose, 
yet I don't have a desire to really challenge myself like I used to with three hours of practice a day. I just play from my heart now. And I mean, that's what people seem to love. I think when something comes from an authentic place and it's your passion, it doesn't matter whether you're the best or just doing your thing. People feel the love you have. Mm. Resonate with that. For sure. I agree. I I was drawn to the bass and I didn't get it for years. And then finally I got it and I got obsessed with the mm. bass. So I I understand. So yeah. So how has I been your, your response to your episodes? Because I feel like, so how long have you had the podcast, by the way? How, how long? So I started developing it in March and I okay. wanted to create my own platform. So I got like a developer. I didn't want to like depend on anchor or anything. So yeah, that took a while to get like fully developed because building a website and stuff isn't my forte. Um, mm-hmm. But I started, I released it at the very beginning of June. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really cool to see the response. I have a primarily Southern Christian audience because I'm from a little town called Lafayette, Louisiana. Yeah. Yep. South. Yep. We know what that is. <laughs> we do. Yes, I'm sure you've toured here. <laughs> I'm assuming I could literally name the churches you've probably toured. Probably. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's really Southern. But um, I love, I love my hometown and I want to be a part of the progression of my hometown. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I love being here. And even though I do experience people being like, we don't agree with you. Um, it's cool because I'm like, well, I'm leading an open-mindedness in my city. And I'm yeah. proud of that, whether or not people want to stand with me or not. Eventually the world will be this better place. And it'll be because of people like us that want to share, even when it's people aren't agreeing with you. So when I released it, it was very well received. However, I knew in my heart, I didn't want to stick to just talking about Christian topics. And it's not, I love Jesus. Like I still believe in Jesus, but I don't want my show to alienate someone because they might not resonate with Jesus. um, And they might not resonate with Jesus yet. I feel there's some people hate when I say this, so I think you guys are on the same page as me. But some people like really hate people like Joel Osteen. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? He's purpose because, you know, there's people who aren't ready. Like if I hear Helen Brimstone message, I'm just like, I can take what I want, receive, you know, something new from that teaching and leave the rest that doesn't resonate with me. Yeah. But some people aren't there yet they aren't there yet to be able to not judge the messenger and just take and receive what their heart wants to accept and I feel like there's people who are very open-minded who give what most people would say a cherry-picked or watered-down message Mm. but they're getting people into receptive mode you know without being in that receptive mode how can anyone receive anything greater and I am in receptive mode to every culture, every religion, even though, yeah, it might not be what I practice every day, but I've been to a Buddhist temple. I wanted to go because my friend came with me to a Christian church. Yeah, You know, it's like, let's just love each other. We all want the same thing. We all want peace and love. And that's what I want my podcast to share. Yeah. So I love that. I, uh, I can just, we can relate on so many levels. I also was, I was raised in a, um, small town in North Carolina and Mm. because of the industry I was in you know the Christian music industry 
is conservative. Yeah, <laughs> so, like the scary. whole thing is conservative. Um, and so I had quite a following on my Instagram that was mainly conservative Christians mm. or people who that was their idea, like that was their perspective of me. So they followed right. me with that, like in their mind of who I was, <clears throat> mm-hmm. which is interesting because, you know, I, I had a, a, a separate band account that was like for posting more religious topics and for posting right. about our shows and stuff. And what's interesting is like, I mean, I, I've talked to Adam about this. I really didn't post all that much on my own personal account about mm. religious topics at all um, or anything that was all that controversial. Now, fast forward, and that's pretty much all I do. Um, right. But, <laughs> but back then, I really did it. And it's just interesting um, when I did kind of break through and I had my spiritual deconstruction and um, spiritual revelations, all these things, uh, I became very vocal about mm-hmm. what it is I stood behind and um, things I was passionate about and what I was an activist for um, because I did feel like I had just kind of stayed quiet for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I did that, people responded, I mean, all types of ways, but some of my more conservative following um, definitely had a strong negative reaction um Mm -hmm. and it was just interesting it was interesting to like experience and it was a lot of it was very emotional of course yeah Um, because the first thing I ever put out that was like going to stir the pot within the conservative world um was my I, I put out a video of how I became an affirming Christian so like LGBTQ affirming Christian and that was yeah that was the first Mm. I broke the seal, um, basically. Mm. And so a lot of people had reactions to that. And um, yeah, so anyway, all all I'm saying is I I relate to you with there was more conservative following. And so I had people unfollow me. I had people message me, say, you know, things like, I... I'm sorry I ever supported you. I yes. I feel like I, I trusted my kids with you. And I, that's, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, why would you do that? I'm a stranger. But okay. Oh, um, my gosh. And, and things like that or, or people just being disappointed or saying I'm going to hell. Um, mm-hmm. Or, but I also got a lot of messages, though, too, from people all, all over, um, specifically on the LGBTQ affirming video I got messages from people saying things like wow this just gave me the courage to come out to my family Mm. or thank you like so much for posting this I I'm you've reignited my interest in God or faith or whatever and and it's not like I don't know I'm not like patting myself on the back in any way like that but it was a no, very range, like varied range of response and emotion. Yes. And it's yes. it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. And I'm sure you can relate to that of like you encourage so many people and you're helping push people past their, I guess. Limiting beliefs. Yeah. Limiting beliefs and um, really challenging people, yeah. people's mindsets and um, but encouraging them at the same time. But then. To catch everybody up, you got a message today from someone yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Do you want to share about so, that? <laughs> yeah, I got a message today that was really hurtful to me. Um, a lot of people, what's really shocking me is so many people have taken time out of their day to say, now, I, they could be doing it out of love because I shared this message in my story. I, I cut out the person's name. I'm not doing it to shame anyone. Yeah. I don't even think this person watches my Instagram stories because it was a personal message on Facebook. Mm. And that's the thing, like you were saying, we can get a billion messages saying this changed my life. Like this teaching or you made me realize something like you made me believe that God is good because I had this view that God was just, you know, he, he doesn't like gay people. So I wasn't going to love that God, but because of you saying that that's not the God I love, Mm. you know, that changed my whole perspective. And, Mm. um, so we'll get messages like that all day and appreciate it. I do. But when you get a bad one, it really rubs you the wrong way and it's hard. And mm-hmm. that's when you know, like, hey, I'm putting on the work and my self-growth, but I'm not enlightened yet. Like this morning after getting that message, I spent an extra 10 minutes in my meditation, laid on the ground and kind of like fake cried until mm-hmm. my body could release a real cry because I knew I needed to let that come out of my body and yeah. express that emotion to heal. And I've been living so pure of heart lately where I don't hold on to anything. If someone hurts me, I immediately text them. I immediately let them know like this really hurt my soul. And I felt so light living in this freedom. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so this morning I was like, I'm not holding on to this for one minute longer. I just got the message. I laid down on the floor. I did my practice. I've been loving and embodied feeling. But the message said, let's see, I think I have it. Oh, hi, Sophia, please remove my recommendation on your podcast. And as you guys know, it's really helpful when people five star, yeah. rate your podcast and review it. And this is someone actually I'll just say this is actually the woman who taught me how to play the harp so she's been in my life Mm. since I was five years old and a very big impact on me yeah especially you guys know as musicians the people who teach you like they have a special place in your soul yeah (laughs) so it hurt and she just said you've gone in directions that I'm not comfortable with people thinking I recommend I would love to discuss this with you in person but it's too detailed to discuss via Facebook messages I still love you and pray for you wish you all the best And it's, people have sent me messages saying, well, that's not hate. And it's, she said it in a nice way, but here's the thing. If I have something that I don't agree with, I go, if I wrote a review for a restaurant and I didn't like it anymore and I had really bad service, even if it's a business, I don't kick and scream and write a mean Yelp review. I'll just go remove my good review if I'm not resonating or aligned with it anymore. Yeah. Like, This world doesn't need any more negativity. And to send that to me, it's like, well, how, how, how do you think I would receive that? Even if you kind of guise it with, but I love you and pray for you. Mm. You're like, you're you're basically just reminding me of the love and support that you once did show me. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And it just, it hurts. It's like, if you could have literally went removed I can't remove it it's like a business like a Google review yeah. like Apple podcast review I can't remove a good review I can't remove a bad review that's Apple and that's the the user yeah there's no reason so I just sent a message back saying I really you know I pity that you felt the need to take time to say this to me because it is hurtful and I have no control over removing the review and I'm you know sending light your way even if you don't resonate with me and that was it mm. but yeah. it hurt it did hurt, but that's what 
you have to deal with when you change what you believe in and you're public about it. And I don't know about you guys, and I'm, I'm sure you do, and this is why you do what you do. Deep down, coming from a very religious background where purity culture suppressed you and damaged you, you feel almost this righteous um, uh, instinction that you need to be the one to stop this from happening to another mm, yeah. person. Right. So that's why I share the messages I do. I don't share it because I want to disgrace the Jesus I love and serve. I want to show people that like, you know, Jesus like chilled with sex workers. Like he's really mm. cool and he's definitely not white. So <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yes. For so. sure. That's well, the message I got today. And I'm sure you guys get them too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the ones that hit close to home, of obviously, the ones that are like part of your life and the ones that you're like, you can literally think of a face and a voice. Mm. That's when it hurts. Mm. Because whenever you mm. can just make up a voice and like read comments or messages from people you don't know and you can kind of just like, if I'm like reading a bad message to Adam, I kind of like, I'm like, this person said, and I like, you know, cause I don't know their voice. And so mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt as bad. I can kind of just yeah. like brush it off. But yeah, when it's somebody who like, you can literally hear their voice in your head, see their yes. face and read the message. It's like, it's a whole different type of, of pain and loneliness. But I love mm-hmm. that you, you laid down and you kind of like almost fake cried until it became real. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely something I, as you were saying that, I'm like, I need to implement that into my life because yeah. I feel like I, I, there's a lot of sadness and disappointment that I, I, <laughs> I sometimes go through and have in mm. my body that I just kind of like, I, I get better and I move on and I self-soothe, um, but I don't really like let it out because I feel like, yeah. like I don't know how to get it out but like yeah fake crying until it becomes real because you always hear like smile till it sticks or something like, mm-hmm. something like that um which that because it's embodying too. an emotion it, it's yeah. all about like living a pure life is not waiting to process things when you're joyful giggle like a child like let yourself go there yeah and when you're sad let yourself go there immediately don't try to fake anything. And I just live, I just say it's a pure life. That's why I I do my meditations uh, naked in front of the mirror, because I can look into my eyes and I can feel everything I'm feeling and embody all the feelings. And if I don't feel like a good body image that day, I can immediately process it and like tell myself the affirmations I need to hear immediately. I don't wait and let it, wait, now I'm all scatterbrained. I have a specific question for Adam. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you, as the quote unquote Christian head of your household, get hate for allowing your wife and you to go down this path <laughs> of like open <laughs> spirituality? Like that has to hurt if you get messages. I'm, I'm assuming you get that. Well, it, I mean, yes, I do in a way. It's, it's funny because I experienced more of that, I think, when um, we were out on the road and we were able to, like, talk face-to-face with people, which is interesting, mm-hmm. the, the like, courage that people have to, like, step <laughs> into a space and yes. um, make so many assumptions. But That's true. I forgot about that. For us... Like, how dare um, you? I, right. guess, I guess to start from the inside is, like, for us, we've always been very um, non-gender normative when it comes to our relationship. Mm. Like, we've Love. we've basically kind of represented opposite roles in a majority of the way that we live out our relationship. And so, for me, I've 
been in a space where I had to understand that not a lot of people would get um, the place that we hold for each other in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I've kind of had to let go a lot of, uh, of a lot of that offense that people uh, could project onto me. So, so for me personally, I don't, I don't take it personally. The, the thing that, that uh, does get to me though, is I do, I, I, I have very select moments where I'm actually a protective person. I tend to be, mm-hmm. I, I tend to assume the best out of people and be pretty um, uh, easygoing most of the time. But, but the, the challenge for me has been finding moments to be the protector uh, and mm-hmm. to step into that space and say, Hey, I don't care if I'm the husband or if I'm the wife, if mm-hmm. I'm step, if, if you're stepping into my relationship and telling telling me that you feel the need to ha- assert some sort of control over my significant other. That's, mm-hmm. that's like, that's uh, a place where I Crossing feel like I need to step into a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But also then, you know, it gets down to familial things where we do have a lot of conversations with our families that um, they, they don't agree with every facet and nuance of uh, what we've been going through and the beliefs that we hold. Mm-hmm. And that that's where it can be a little bit more challenging just because it's close to home. It's it, their voices. It like is. She was saying. It is their well, voices. Yeah. And, and the person that I have in front of me was molded and created by the beliefs that are held by the person that's speaking. Mm. And so that's where I find a little bit of a challenge because I love you and I love your, um, the the beliefs that you hold and the the way that you've created Lauren and and I want to respect your ability to have your own independent beliefs outside of mine and that still be okay and me still be mm-hmm. accepting and not not try to create another um uh what what are they called another like facet of Christianity by imposing my beliefs onto mm. onto you and what you believe mm-hmm. But yeah. then at the same time, I also need to feel have, respected. Yeah, feel respected and also hold um hold strong to our beliefs in that way and stand behind what it is that we do believe now so that we can go out and support other people and and be the advocates that we've sort of become. Yeah. So it's it it can be really tough. Um and and like I said, I don't think stranger messages um, are as difficult for me anymore. Yep. But when it gets to personal stuff is when it, 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 it can be a little challenging. And I think like, yeah, like Adam was saying, we don't, we already don't fit a lot of the stereotypes. I'm older than Adam. Um, I mm. also, on top of being older, I've also, <laughs> I have more relationship experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've dated, um, I was engaged before Adam and I ever started dating. Um, he was mm. there in my life. He was, so Adam's my drummer. Um, so he was on tour oh. whenever we were touring. When I was in a long-term relationship, it was serious for years. We got engaged. I was planning the wedding. Adam helped me send out save the dates for that like we were I was just so friends. excited for wow. that I was like let's pop some wine and like send these save the yeah dates. and this this was like oh for my me and my yeah me and my ex and so um I so that relationship on top of I dated many other guys <laughs> in my past too so um we just I feel like a lot of people who knew us 
kind of knew those things about us. I was Adam's mm. first relationship, first girlfriend, all the things. Um, mm. So already those close to us knew I was older, <laughs> more relationship experienced. And so it's like they kind of had expectations. And yeah, one of the the things I was always told um, was by conservative Christians, um, whether it was family members or it was strangers. Yeah. Like you said, somehow they get the courage to say things to your face. (laughs) Um, I, I was told that I have, I should marry or I need to marry somebody who can put me in my place. Oh (laughs) Oh God. Literally. I was there for that one. I was, we were not in relationship then. I mean, one of the times. Yeah. Yeah. And Oh yeah. Talking about my ex, this man tells me, he's like, he was like asking about my ex, like saying, is he strong? Is, is he like <laughs> bold? Or I don't remember. I don't remember exactly. And I was like, oh, why? And he's like, well, he's like, I can tell you definitely need a man that can put you in your place. And because you're an assertive woman and women can't be that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I got that message actually quite a bit. And then um, when Adam and I started dating, some family members expressed that that was their main concern was that. <laughs> I would go off the, the deep end of some sort, which here, here we, we are. are. <laughs> here we are. Uh, I would go off the deep end some sort of some sort, and Adam would just allow it as if he was the He's gatekeeper. Yes. <laughs> what is allowed in my life? Um, so it's interesting because yes, Adam's gotten some some messages, but I feel like I've received just as many about Adam mm. being this like. I don't know. The the gatekeeper, really. That's kind of like the best yeah. way I can describe yeah. it. And people have kind of said it to me, like putting their foot down, gatekeeper, yeah. not allowing me to do certain things. And yeah. Um, and my ex was like that, though, too. He was like, I remember one time he got me a book that was about like organic gardening. And that was mm. like the nicest gift he had ever gotten me because it had something <gasps> to do with I, what I was into. And he handed it to me and he was like, but don't get crazy. Like, don't like, don't get obsessed with this. Don't get crazy. And that, that was just like our relationship. And Adam, literally, he's like totally the opposite. He's like, here you go. Now, like, do your thing. Cast your spells. Like, do what you (laughs) Well, okay. Here's the thing. Like, I realized I, I mean, and I think everybody should realize you fall in love with someone that is forever changing. Like they're on a life path. You're not falling in love with a photograph of someone. And so I'm here, I'm marrying somebody out of a place of observance and I want my mm. life to be something that's in their sphere so that maybe their life could be just a little bit affected by who I am in my space. Mm-hmm. But I'm not here to like control. I'm here to observe. <laughs> mm, so good, guys. I like finally am in a healthy relationship and my boo bear, my Robert, he always is like, he's like, men who are insecure will hold you down. Like, mm. that is what, that was what your other related, because I'll tell mm-hmm. them all the time, why are you so good to me? I'm not used to someone being good to me. Yeah. And I've noticed after like stalking y'all's Instagram, I see like, like you were saying before, like your roles aren't the way that the Christian world wants the gender roles to be. And I see that in Adam, because he's got a very open heart space where he expresses in a way that most men don't Mm. like his love for you through Instagram. And I think it's so beautiful. And my Mm. man does the same. Like he's proud of me. He encourages like my evolution and like, he's not there to control. He's there to evolve with me or maybe just sit back and observe and just be like, well, she's doing her thing. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. It's so refreshing. I remember I first got married and it was like six months in and I started getting muscle spasms so bad. It was just where my anxiety was manifesting. Like this is Mm. your bed. You got to lay in it. Like I never thought of divorce as an option. It wasn't even like a thought. It was just like, this is life now. I have to accept how you, was that what you were taught? Was that like indoctrination or? Yes. And I was afraid of what people would think, but also I never even allowed myself to go there in my head. Like it just wasn't an option. Like that wasn't like a, yeah, consideration, but I, I didn't know something was even wrong. I'm like, well, this is just how my life will be. This is marriage. Mm. Like having someone that doesn't support me, having someone that puts me down. I didn't know that's what he was doing. It just felt like, well, he's not as nice as my friend's husband's, but he's, Mm. you know, he has his days and about two days out of the month, he was nice to me and he would love bomb me. Like he would, you know, be mean, gaslight me, um, just be degrading and negative. But I thought that was just him and he would grow. And then he'd be really nice, like two days out of the month, once every two weeks and love bomb me. And that's just what uh, narcissists do. But I remember six months in, we had just pulled our little Airstream. We remodeled like a vintage Airstream. I was so happy with the little I had in life, even though I came from like money with my parents and everything. I knew like I never didn't appreciate what I had with him. I I remember thinking I just love our small little home. Like even though I'm an excessive person, even though I'm mostly Gucci. um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, not with the shorter nails. You're like three quarters hippie and one quarter Gucci, right? (laughs) Oh, but they're they're gonna be painted. They're a little ratchet right now. I just moved, but I'm going to get my uh, dip powder on them in a couple of days. Yep. They won't be, I'll be back Gucci. I'm going to get little Chanel's painter on them. <laughs> that queen will be shining again real soon. Well, it's so yeah. difficult in that kind of space because you don't want to change who you are in your open heart to allow space for other people to yes. be who they are. But yes. at the same time, you have to protect yourself and you have to have expectations of being able to seek joy and, mm. and passion in life. And not just feel like you're stuck in the space where you're constantly just like, it's going to get better. Let's just yep. keep like pounding the pavement. And I just, yep. I'm going to keep being open and I'm going to keep leaving this space. And one day it's going to come back around to me, even if it's two days a month. Next month, it'll be yep. three days. And the next month. <laughs> yes. And that's yes. so hard because you don't want to change who you are. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I could feel him almost being just so upset because I worked three part-time jobs that were more flexible. So I could go to yoga every day. I could go to church once a week. He chose a job where he couldn't do that. He was a server and a manager of a restaurant that was very demanding. And I respected that it took a lot of his time, but he didn't have the freedom to have time for self-development. When mm-hmm. he would come home, he didn't, he was almost angry at the joy I had, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, very quickly, our little home, I'd have to sage the poop out of that every day because, I mean, it was so bad. He was so mean. But um, I remember when we first got married, six months in, I was a little bit isolated. I remember saying, I'm going to go to a unity church. It's not a traditional Christian church. Now, the church I'm going to, they do pray to Jesus, but I'm going to go to this unity church. And I went, and for the first time in my life, I felt so welcomed. Everybody sang their Christian songs, but everyone held hands and meditated together. Mm. And when I looked to my left, I was holding hands with a gay couple. Um, And to my right, I was holding hands with a man who looked like he could be Islamic. Like, it was so different than going to, like, this whitewashed church in the South. For sure. And everyone was singing and rocking and holding hands and 
before worship, we all meditated. Like we really got centered before going into worship. And then the pastor was a female who walked barefoot on stage. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. I went home. I told him, I said, I love it. I love it. And he was like, you don't have permission to go there again. That's not, they're not teaching out of the Bible. They're adding to the Bible. If you go there again, it will really put a wedge in our marriage. And I was crying. I just got in the shower because I had no other place to go. I was in a silver bullet trailer. And I just remember crying. He was like, you're gonna, like, I was like, I'm going back. And he was like, no, you can't. And I was like, I am. I was like, even if I just go once a month, I need that. I need that kind of growth. I'm tired of hearing the same messages. Like I've heard the Bible stories. I still believe in them. I'm just, I need something more. I need something more. And he would get so mad. And oh my gosh, as a musician, I don't know if I didn't dress good enough or if I was just never holy enough or whatever, but I've offered to play my harp at the mega churches I've gone to my whole life. Mm -hmm. And they, they told me to go home one day before they even let me audition. I packed up my big harp, my hundred pound harp, got yeah. out the car. And I was like, I'm here for auditions. And they took a look at me. I think I was wearing shorts that day. And they told me to go home. Like the biggest church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana wow. said, go home, go home. I was wow. so hurt. And this church, the Unity Church, they um, in Orlando, they had that really bad, massive shooting at the yeah. gay bar. Mm -hmm. And we had a vigil. And they said we would love for you to play the harp mm -hmm. for the families of the of the victims. And I was so purposed. I felt so happy. I had only gone to their church twice. And they already wanted me mm -hmm. to be involved. I didn't have to go through a stupid growth track. Like they just want me as a human. Like they just want yeah. a human to love other humans without proving that I am exactly fitting in their mold. And that feeling of just acceptance. I'm like, that's what I want to create in my podcast. Mm -hmm. That's the feeling I want. But my husband lost it. He didn't come to support me in it. He didn't help me load up the harp for it. He told me after about if I made that my church, it would ruin us. So oh, wow. That was my marriage. Sorry, I went on a rampage. No, that's great. I mean, I I kind of wanted to to know a bit about your your marriage mm. and your ex and a little bit of that story. Was that the Oof. beginning of your? I, I don't know if you call it deconstruction, but is, yeah, is, that was the beginning of that time. Of yeah, life? I I'd say I started the deconstruction when I had that first desire to go to that church. Okay, yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. And and how many years like, ago was that? So we got married in November of 2016. Okay. We moved to Orlando. I started getting very progressive, didn't feel comfortable in my church, even after marriage. Because here's the thing. After I waited to have sex and I did everything, quote unquote, right, good little Christian homeschooled girl, mm -hmm. I got married in November and I still didn't feel like, I thought, oh my gosh, like once I can have sex with my husband, I won't feel sinful for sexual desires. <laughs> like all this stuff will go away. And it didn't. And yeah, I still felt yeah. like judged when I went to church and I was like, what is this? Like, I should be feeling like I made it. Like I'm right, the right. ideal Christian person. <laughs> yep. Like I'm married. I am loved by God even more. Like, right, right. I didn't feel all those things that I thought I would feel. And I was just like, okay, there's got to be something more. I'm not saying I'm not, I will never deny Jesus, but mm. this church thing is not resonating. Like something's off. And I feel anxious when I go there. Like I shouldn't feel anxious when I go there. Yep. 
why when I go to yoga, do I feel peace on my mat and I can just meditate? Because no one cares what your religion is in yoga when you right. go to yoga. Right. No one cares. They're just there to love. Mm. Yeah. And I just want more places where people go to love. So we moved to Florida. We got isolated. I didn't see, like, I think he realized he could treat me as poorly as he wanted to every day because my family wasn't Was there to around. rescue me. Mm. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's ter- That's like, that's terrifying because I would have moved yeah. as well. Um, mm-hmm. my, with my ex, I, mm. it would have taken me, well, I already lived. So I grew up in North Carolina. I was living in Nashville and had been living there for at that point. Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> we still live Ooh, here, but would have been six years. I, yeah. Like six years or something. Yeah. So anyway, I'd lived there, lived here for like six years and I was going to have to move to Atlanta and wow. be around just his entire family and not around my sister or my family or what I did. Cause I already had things going for me in Nashville. And anyway, mm. it's this whole thing. So I feel like my, my story was leading to very similarly the way yours had yeah. gone. I mean, our, I was supposed to get married to him, uh, the end of September of 2016. Wow, girl, we would have had the same. I know. Yeah. So what made you realize this is a relationship that doesn't expand me? When he started telling me to be quiet. Mm. (laughs) Um, I mean, kind of that that's kind of what woke me up. Um, But once we got engaged, I'm really thankful his colors really started showing. I think he like he kind of got to a place of where he was comfortable doing a lot like calling shots and being a lot more um demanding like emotionally or physically even there's just things yeah like like, lines we had never crossed and then all of a sudden he just was a lot more forward and aggressive about things and um I also he wasn't supportive of like my touring lifestyle and at Mm. that time at literally at that time I was touring the my biggest tours I had I had done I was doing Hawaii Hawaii tours, LA tours, cross country tours, um, Canada tours. What? Canada tours. Oh, yeah, Canadian wow. tour. Um, at that time I was doing the the biggest tours I had ever done. So I was like And that's when he should be like applauding you like that's my baby. Yes. Exactly. So I was living my best life, my best version of tour life. Um, mm. and I I knew that if he wasn't really supportive of that then then like it yeah I don't know and I was making friendships and really I had been kind of lonely for our whole relationship and so it was actually when I started making deeper connections and friendships with people on tour for the first time and like I said like our whole relationship me and my ex's relationship I realized it's like wait a second like I it's like I remembered that like life is supposed to be fun. Um Yes, yes. And like joy filled and or that it can every be. day. I didn't even yes. I didn't even know that. Like honestly, I didn't even know remember that it could be. I like learned that it could be. Mm-hmm. Um that's like where I was at. And I was making friendships and I was having so much fun. And like then I would have to like FaceTime him or call him and I would try to retell stories and it just wasn't working out. So my lifestyle, his lifestyle. Um, and 
you know, I'm happy for him now too. He's also now married and I'm so thankful for that. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I'm so glad. And I, I, I don't think he's a bad person. I think our, we were so not meant to be together that it brought out Mm -hmm. the worst in each other. Um, and I definitely saw a lot of his pushback because I was like, I was, I had gone vegan while I was, we were together. I had become a very active feminist as we were starting or mm. as we were getting closer to getting married. Um, I really, I really did change. So I can't yeah. entirely blame him. Same for me. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like he also did do stuff that's pretty messed up. So like, I, I don't blame him, but there are some things that I, you know, I'm still, I still work through, you know? Um, no. But yeah, so I think it was just basically me learning that life is meant to be happy. <laughs> Every day there should be parts of work and play. And I felt yep. like there was none of that with him. There you was had like no once a month. Joy. Yes, mm-hmm. like yeah. once a month. And then there were times we lived right by Disney World and he would get so mad. Like I always tell people this one story. This was like my whole relationship wrapped up in one story. So I'd be working on my business posting on social media, trying to sell products. And I'd say, hey, since you're off today, can you like pack our lunch? Because we were so poor, we couldn't even like eat at Disney World. And I didn't care. Like, I was just happy to go to Disney World. We had the classes, you know, we had the affordable Florida residents. Like we could go. That was a blessing. That was luxury. So we pack up, he packs up the um, wraps he made and we get in the car. And I'm working on my phone and he's driving and I'm like, Hey, let me just finish this up. And then I'll be able to, you know, really devote all my time to you. I won't have to look at my phone. Yeah. He would get jealous of like my work. Yeah. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, it'll be all good. And so we're eating our wraps on the way there. And I, I handed him cause I'm the one not driving. So I made sure to hand him his wrap, hand him his drink when he needs it. Um, I was, I never realized it, but I was anxious at the time. Like I need to make sure he's happy all the time. So mm. I handed him a napkin with his wrap because it was in foil and he had put like some salad dressing in it. So I made sure he had a napkin. Well, we get down like a, a couple miles from our house and he dripped some of the salad dressing on his pants and he pulled over the car, yelled at me, told me it was my fault because I was too selfish and only gave him one napkin. Now, keep in mind, there's a pile of napkins, like, on the mm. console. Yeah. And, like, the fact that I even have to justify this, like, mm. yeah, like right. this is what I lived with. He got out the car, y'all, and he walked home. He was yelling at me, said, like, we didn't need to go on a date, that I was just a selfish person. And, I mean, it's just those are the things I dealt with every day, something like that. Mm. Just anger for no reason, me trying to explain how much I loved them and how I didn't intend that. And it's just so different when you're with someone in a relationship who assumes you have the best intentions yes, before yeah. they assume you have bad intentions. That's so, and so, that, so good. Yeah, that's like what makes a good relationship. If you can't assume mm-hmm. the other person, like if they didn't text you back right away, if you can't assume that they didn't do that to be mean, then something's wrong in your relationship. Yeah, yeah that's, re- that's that really good. Would, I mean, that's a really yes. good, like, teller. Like, you know. Yes. If you're sitting in anxiety all the time, just, like, waiting and trying to avoid an explosion rather than, like, yep. living in the moment and living for something, that's, like. Oh, man, it was I'm terrible. So I mean, when I. Oh, it's okay. Now, I. It's. Because I experienced something so bad, I can 
be grateful for what is. Honestly, I grew up watching my parents have a really great relationship. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what bad was. Right. And if I would have met the man that I'm with today and the man I want to, you know, be the father of my child one day, Mm -hmm. like if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't have appreciated him because this Mm -hmm. is the thing when you're in abuse or even if you're come from a good Christian background and you've seen like a picture perfect marriage, if you don't know what to look out for, you will get in a relationship that's mm-hmm. a roller coaster, right? And you'll mistake that for love because those yeah. emotions of, well, can I trust them? Oh, this is so exciting. Oh, wait, it hurts. Oh, this is so exciting. And mm. you think that is passion. You think that mm. is love. You think that's excitement. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would have been so like, honestly, I'll say it. I would have been so bored in my current relationship if I wouldn't have gone through pain because now I know love is passionate moments in the day but it's always coming from a loving place not negative passion (laughs) yes fear drove so much of my past relationships every relationship I've had I look back and I'm like that wasn't healthy and I'm a stick there for love but love is a steady train that goes in the same direction with one person not a roller coaster Mm, (laughs) yeah that's well well, uh, yeah I I know my my thing I heard all the time about marriage was that and which is why we kind of talked about it in our last episode we talked about it a little bit but I was always told like marriage is hard and so when mm. I was in my last relationship when I was with my ex I was like well our relationship is really hard so I'm already prepared for marriage yes me too that was me <laughs> so I was like well nothing needs to change like I'm on the right trajectory because it's it's this is really hard so I guess we're good like I at least I'm not going to be surprised, you know, after we get married about how hard it is yeah. because it's really hard now. So, yes, I was like, this is my challenge. This is my lot. Like, this, this is my thorn in my flesh. Oh, God. <laughs> I remember hearing that one. Oh, yeah, man. but it's rough. But I, I mean, obviously, we're both in like loving relationships now. And yes. how did you meet uh, Robert? Oh, my gosh. Way? I love telling this story. Yay. So. Um, he's actually over 25 years older than me. His name's Robert <laughs> and he invented silly bands like that oh, what? bracelet. Tr- yeah. From That's whenever. amazing. Yeah. Like 2010. He's been an entrepreneur since he was 23. He's had so many ups and downs. He's come from a very unstable childhood of abandonment and, um, so much brokenness, which is crazy because my ex-husband did and he manifested that in anger and hate. Mm-hmm. Whereas my man manifests that in just so much gooey love. Like he's just so like people would say, oh, like, are you sure he isn't gay? Like he just dotes on you. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, he just adores me. Like, mm-hmm. and I've never yeah. been cherished. Like when I took vows on the altar, it was like to love and cherish me. And my husband never loved mm. and simultaneously cherished. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And this man, oh my gosh, like if he proposes tomorrow, it's yes. Like, <laughs> you it's heard so- it here, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you heard it here, Robbie. He's so loving every day. I tell my mom, I'm like, I almost don't believe I deserve this life, but I have to do my meditations in the morning and tell myself you're worthy of this mm. love. Like this is what God wanted. Yep. And when I met Robert, he wasn't very spiritual, but He's the most Jesus-like person I've ever met in my whole life. Mm -hmm. He's so forgiving. He starts every day with so much grace for me, no matter like how moody I was the day before. Like, I just, 
Mm. I've never had this kindness every day. And I just want to encourage girls who are listening. If your partner isn't kind to you every day and you kind of wait for him to have good days or treat you with love and affection, or maybe he just wants sex and doesn't cuddle you, like Mm. that's not okay. You deserve cuddles every day. You deserve... (laughs) Like pure love, like this man lights candles in the bathtub, holds me like you see, like in Pretty Woman and washes my hair. Not sexual, not wanting anything out of, like just loves me. And I'm like, oh, this is so beautful. Okay, back to how we met. Sorry. I just, <laughs> no, that's, no, that's amazing. I, that. I mean, I love that because people ask us because people <clears throat> tend to like our relationship. And I, it feels <clears throat> weird saying that, but like, I mean, I really do believe we have a really a lovely yes. and amazing relationship and so when i i think it's good that listeners hear it it's true for another couple as well i yeah. think that's that's mm-hmm. awesome because i don't want people to the thing is i don't want people to feel like i don't want to be an anomaly I, yeah i don't want feel, yes. people to feel like we lucked out like we yes. did we did luck out but at the same time no no like you can have this that. too yeah and yeah you i'm really glad that you Yes. You manifest it by shifting your beliefs about a re- what a relationship should be. And yep. I'm not saying it's perfect all the time. Like, right. don't, idolize, don't idolize my relationship. Don't idolize yeah. the, y'all's yep. relationship. Yep. But create that for yourself and believe it's possible for yourself. And when you have conflict, fight fair. Like, mm-hmm. lovingly talk. It, it's just, you, you both have to be on the same page to decide to put in the work because in the moment... It is easier to fight unfair, and I've done it with Robert so many times, but he's shown me so much grace mm-hmm. because I was in such a disordered place in my head mm-hmm. where I had to fight unfair to be heard and right. seen. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to pitch a fit because right. otherwise I wasn't being loud enough for him yeah. to understand that this is important to me. Um, so I'm learning, and I've grown so much in this year, but okay, back to how we met. So everyone assumes that he's just a sugar daddy because he's 25 years older than me. And I'm not going to lie. When I met him, I was in my darkest place. I had been, you know, going through my divorce. Um, I was dating a different Bumble date every night. And I have not talked about this yet. I'm about to release a whole podcast about it. I was, yeah, yes. This is like (laughs) the juicy stuff. I was actually, Part of me feels I was living the lie on the internet. The other part of me truly believes I was manifesting the life I wanted. And in order for me to get that, I needed to embody that. And so I wanted to go to nice restaurants. I wanted to work out the nicest place every day. I was so poor with my online business, barely breaking even. I left my nannying jobs. I left my harp jobs in Orlando. I left my tutoring jobs for homeschooling. And all I had was my online business and maybe working a couple days a week at my parents' shop locally. Mm. I got a U-Haul. I left and I never looked back. And I knew I wanted to live in the nicest community in my town. It's like the miniature Beverly Hills of Lafayette. And yeah, I knew it from like since I was 10 years old, I've always longed to live here. And the one thing I really took with me the moment I left that trailer park in Orlando, even though I had never complained about living in it, I only complained about the lack of love. I realized, okay, mm. if I'm choosing this fresh start again and I'm going to go through this, the, with this divorce, I choose not only my partner again, but I get to choose the kind of life I want to live in. I want to yeah. live a luxurious life. And yeah. I grew up a certain way and I'm not going backwards. I refuse to go backwards again. So I moved in with my grandma. I had a rusty old bathtub. I had roaches crawling on the ceiling. Like it was not mm. a good place. 
but I'd get up every morning at 530. I'd drive to the country club 30 minutes away. I paid the most expensive gym membership because I wasn't a resident because I wasn't paying rent at my grandma's. I could like afford it. And I would pack my locker up and I would, you know, literally live out of a locker in the middle of the town in this nice area. And then I would go to the coffee shop, work on my blog, leave the coffee shop, go in my car quietly, eat a can of soup or a banana, then go back in the coffee shop and work because I couldn't afford to order a lunch, you know, and that was... Yep. my life. And it was, I felt so shameful, but at the same time, I was like, I am manifesting what I want and in order for me to do that. I have to be around the type of community. Right. So I started taking like pictures. I started taking influencing seriously. I worked at my dad's shop to make my ends meet, but I barely had enough money to cover anything. During this time, I went on Bumble every day and I was lost in a way because I had never gotten affection from my husband. I wasn't going around, sleeping around, and I'm not shaming anyone who does. I know a lot of people when they go through a divorce, especially coming from a purity culture background, I was mad at God. Mm -hmm. I was mad I waited to have sex. I was mad that married sex was not everything I thought it was going to be. But I wasn't going out there like putting out. Like that wasn't me. I wasn't even holding these guys' hands, but I looked like the whore of my hometown because... I was going to all these nice places every single night. So like the staff members, the bartenders, they knew me. They knew what I was going to order. They pretend they didn't see me there before. And what I didn't know, I had moved back home. I didn't know the type of reputations these guys had. So when they'd see me with these guys, they probably did think I was a sugar baby. They probably didn't know it was a first date. And they probably didn't know that I didn't have some sort of arrangement. I was just getting my free food. Good night. Have a good night. <laughs> like... They didn't know, but I was so like hungry, honestly, like, like physically hungry. Yeah. (laughs) So I would order like the most expensive thing on the menu. Like I'm just being raw with y'all. Like, yeah, no, this is all very relatable. (laughs) Well, I'm embarrassed to say it, but like, I have to live this pure life and I'm only coming out about this in the last month. And let me tell you, it takes a weight off my shoulders because everyone during this time thought, oh, look at her independence. Like she left her husband. She's got it all together. Like, no, y'all, I ate out of cans so I could afford to buy like used Louis Vuitton to unbox. So you'd think I was cool enough to follow me to build my Instagram. Like it's a business. It's Mm -hmm. a business. So I was using these guys to get me dinner and I would tell them how poor I was. And maybe they'd Venmo me a hundred dollars for my electricity bill out of pity. And then Mm. I would go and spend it on shoes. I know so bad, so Mm. bad. Okay. So bad. But I did end up meeting one guy. He was a really bad guy. He fooled me. Um, He even went to my dad and said, I'm going to marry your daughter. Like she's, she's been through so much with this divorce and I love her and he was terrible, but he taught me one thing because he gave me like for the month that I believed in him, he was giving me so much luxury. Mm. And I realized even after he was bad, I thank God for the experience because one, I had never been around bad guys. I had only dated people in church and did everything the right way. But two, he taught me that I was capable of having a man give me nice things. I never, I never thought about that. Like ever. I always thought I'm going to be an independent woman. I crave to be a housewife, but that's, you know, probably not honorable. I can't just be a support system mm. for my husband. Cause I know some women really want the independence, but I crave to be like treated equally, but be a housewife that supports my husband and his business. Well, mm. yeah, that's always I mean, what I femininity want. Femininity is get it, like being a feminist is, 
giving everyone the right and the equal opportunity to be exactly who and what they want to be. Mm, It's not the antithesis of anything. No, exactly. And a lot of people don't, I guess they're not open-minded enough to see it that way, but that's really what I want to explain. I love the way you just put it, but yeah, I'm, so I'm grateful, even though he hurt my heart, he was the first person I cared about after my divorce. And he like crushed my soul when I found out he was cheating on me, Mm -hmm. but that's what most wealthy men you know, they, they do, they take girls out on dates. Um, they make them feel like they're the only one and then they're kind of cheating on them. But I had that feeling of just, I, I can create this for myself, whether I find like an amazing husband that I pray God sends them to me, or I can do it myself. Like I want this life. Like it's possible to live a life that's good and not feel guilty about luxury. So, um, without him, without those dates, without those experiences that were negative, I would have never been open to dating an older man because yeah. I don't know, it's always looked down upon. And I, my mom always told me, you need someone older. You're an old soul. Yeah. And after this, after going on these dates, I said, well, an older man will spoil me. The younger rich guys, yeah, they might cheat on me. I know that's a negative belief. I don't believe it about every younger successful guy. For the most part, you know, they're living their best life. They're like, I could do what I want. I get it. But the, I was like, if I could find a really spiritual older man who will like cherish me and like I could be his little baby, like that's what I want. Yeah. And to some people, they they might listen to us and be like, this girl is not as spiritual as she thinks she is. Like, <laughs> but no, you know what you, you want and you manifest yes. that. That's incredibly yes. spiritual. Absolutely. It, yes. It's, it's my heart's desire. And like God gives us what we want. And y'all, that's whenever I started putting the manifestation to work. I wrote mm. with a gold pen. I wanted it to be as luxurious as possible. Gold pen in my notebook. Mm-hmm. Thank you, God, for my millionaire, soon to be billionaire husband. Thank you, God, for someone I'm sexually attracted to, someone who's charismatic and someone who spoils me silly. So funny, I use the word silly, which is just really <laughs> weird because he made all his money with silly bands. Oh my gosh, true. That's so cute. Like, I don't even use that word silly, but I literally have it still. Um, wow. And I look at this piece of paper every day, spoiling me silly. Thank you, God, that I no longer stress out about my weight or body dysmorphia. And I maintain this weight no matter what I eat. And I put a number. And I thank you, God, that I live in a river ranch, this community I've dreamed of living in, and also have a home in Hollywood. All these things, like the Hollywood home's about to manifest. Robert's developing an app right now that I'm going to be out there celebrity onboarding. So that's about to happen. We just got this home in River Ranch. I met the love of my life. So I was actually promoting my Instagram um, through Tinder. It's crazy. I paid for Tinder Gold where you can pick the zip code. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I said, follow me on Instagram. And I wasn't messaging anyone for dating on Tinder, but I would saturate the zip code. So a little hack there, if you're trying to grow your Instagram. Wow. (laughs) Yes, you pay for Tinder Gold or any dating app. Put up some cool pictures from your Instagram. Set it for guys and girls, zero to 100. And just say, I'm not here for dating. This is the content I create. Follow me on Instagram. Oh, interesting. And I did. Yes. So he saw me, but he didn't realize my purpose on Tinder. And he was just going through his divorce. His wife had cheated on him and he was devastated. And he was just looking for some dates to fill up his time while he was in Hollywood. And I happened to have set the zip code for Hollywood. And um, I would change the zip code every week. But he swiped left because, quote unquote, I was too young. He didn't read anything about me or my purpose for being on Tinder. 
And he screenshot my picture because my name is Sophia Spolino. And his best friend, like from childhood, was Alberto Spolino in Ohio. Oh, wow. Funny thing is, my dad's name is Albert Spolino. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yeah, it's crazy. And Alberto, his friend, had a niece named Sophia Spolino. So he screenshot wow. it and sent it to him. He's like, your niece is really beautiful, but isn't she like 10 years old? Is someone like stealing her identity on Tinder? And he was like, no, that's not my niece, but she's hot. Go follow her. <laughs> <laughs> I so love that. So he followed me on Instagram. And let me tell y'all, I never care about who follows me on Instagram. Like I'll message people back if they message me, but yeah. like I don't see follows. Yeah. And he told me he never intended on messaging me. Like he knew I was way too young. And he just was um, wanted to follow because he's developed an app for influencers to communicate with uh, their fans. Have you heard of Cameo? Yeah. 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 That's his idea. They stole it. We're about to go ham on them. Oh, I can't wow. say too much on the podcast. But he owns the technology and the patent. Oh that my was gosh. His idea. Yeah. I'm so proud of him. But we're about to take it back. God always blesses what the enemy tries to steal. Mm. But um He's incredible. So he was working on that app in Los Angeles and um, he, he, he didn't message me. He added me and I never look, like I said, at who follows me and he would have never messaged me. I know him. I know him now. He would have never reached out to me, but I happened to be taking a poop. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I saw him follow me and I was like, why is this older gentleman following me? And I researched him and I was like, no way. This is like the silly band man. I'm the silly band man. <laughs> so I messaged him. And I was like, are you responsible for those like ridiculous rubber bands? And he was like guilty. And we became best friends. I'm talking FaceTiming <laughs> for two hours a day. Oh he gosh. was like so encouraging. I never had someone like older white male talk about like being a feminist and like encouraging my evolution and just like saying, wow, your content's really good. I can't believe you do all this on your own. Like you're in a small town and you're making quality content, like with a tripod, like, wow. Yeah, he's he knew the you work. Up. Yes. Like to have someone that knows the work, like my ex-husband yeah. was my age and he would complain about taking pictures and make me feel like really bad for making him take one picture. Now this man, he gets on his knees to get the right <laughs> angle. He's like, that's my boo. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. It's so good to have somebody yeah. like so intricately know what what the work is that you're putting in and what your goal yes. is, because then he can yes. able be able to lift you into that space too. Like you're not mm. manifesting by yourself at that point. Yes. And you guys get it. Alongside you. That's huge. Ugh, I never had that before. And we met in person a month later and the rest is history. We didn't go public for like seven months. So I was like, I got to make sure this works before people judge me. Mm -hmm. So we came out and, um, well, it got a little crazy. Barstool Sports picked up our story, the New York Post, the Sun, the Daily Mail. They tried to paint us pretty bad, but it was fun because... When people came to my profile thinking I was just like a gold digger and he was just this nasty guy that liked young girls, they got to see the love we have for each other oh, yeah, and the love nice. we have for God. And yep. people followed us and now they're being encouraged. So at yep. the end of the day, anyone who comes for that purpose to hate on us, they end up getting a little more love. They're so like, it's oh, just I want what you have. Yes. It's so pure. It's that is so pure. So sweet. I love that so, so much. We also stayed mm. on the DL because. Uh, Adam and I started dating like right after I broke up with my right. ex because we were best, we were best friends and literally mm. it was, 
it doesn't matter like you know kind of what you believe whether it's god or the universe or divine light whatever Mm. i say god literally lifted the veils from our eyes and we went from just being platonic friends best friends to literally knowing that we're like soul lovers and other people wouldn't believe that they would assume you were cheating right exactly exactly so we waited we waited we started I was like beginning of May and then we waited till like December that year to like Mm. even post a picture of us together I mean I think people had assumptions as we were together more often Mm -hmm. but yeah, publicly, no, nothing until like it was like it was like months later. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I definitely understand that. You just gotta make sure that everything's good before you blow up your world. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've I mean, done that. You're no matter how much we want to downgrade, like oh, I just have this many followers. Like I'm really not anything. Blah blah. In reality, like God gave us both our all three of us platforms, and people look up to us, and we want to make sure that we're sharing things that are, are as sure as we can be you know yeah so yeah definitely well I love I love your story it's so mm, inspiring and I love yours manifesting oh thank you I mean I feel like manifesting and there's a couple things I feel like I'm taking out of our conversation that I'm like okay I need to implement more of yes. writing down my mm. manifestations and also <laughs> letting myself cry (laughs) and like making myself cry. I feel like those two things are like huge because I definitely manifested Adam when I was like a little kid. I was like, I want to marry a drummer. I want to marry my Mm. drummer. Mm. And I was, I was little. I was literally very specific. Yeah. Very specific. And I got it. Um, so I know it works like it it, it really does work. So, um, yeah. Thank you so much for opening up about so much of your life. Um, it I just, know, I, I told y'all a little bit of, uh, the, the growth, like people will probably think, oh my gosh, but I'm serious. Like if you're listening, you're like, that girl's crazy. Just follow me and you'll see. <laughs> so follow me. She is crazy, but in the best way. <laughs> yes. In the best way. And I know what I want. And I think we shouldn't be guilty for knowing what we want and saying it out loud. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love I agree. you guys. Thanks for all that you do. Thanks for sharing what you do in the podcast because you make me feel less alone and there's so many people that feel alone because of how we were raised and we feel like oh but like we can't say how we really feel and because of you people are saying how they really feel and saying what they really want and that's so important yeah well same same to you and um I'm gonna obviously tag your um you know your podcast and your Instagram account and all that in the uh, podcast, the episode. Um, Yes. Are you comfortable? I'm I'm assuming you're comfortable with people like reaching out to you if they have questions or anything. Okay. Absolutely. Y'all, my Instagram is Sophia Spolino. Sophia's with the PH and Spolino is, it starts like spa, like you're going to the spa. And the podcast is called Enlightened. If you just search Enlightened anywhere, like Spotify, Apple, whatever. It's there. <laughs> it's there. Sophia yes. and Enlightened. If you put those two words together, I'll pop right up. Yes. Wow. That's perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on this episode. We're mm-hmm. just so thankful for you. It's been so I'm so thankful for you too. And I wish y'all the best. Enjoy your little rainy day. Thank no, you. Okay. And thank <laughs> you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.